Hey, today we find out whether being a b-boy can really slim your ass down. Have you ever thought about asking that question? Up until recently, I didn't. But hit the music and let's find out. Joining me today is a filmmaker, a friend, a former member of the Marines, and an all-around good guy. It's my pal, Tony Lugo. Tony, how you doing? Hey, hey thanks for having me. No problem. I was desperate. I mean, it's great to have you on. You were, you know, everyone's out of town for the holidays, so you ran out of guests. Yes. Even though the holidays have not quite fully started yet, at least not this part of them, I desperately needed someone. And... <laughs> I appreciate you being the dregs that I pulled out of the bottom of the barrel. Who better to answer the call of Bruce and disparity than, than Tony Lugo? Not just disparity, just straight up despair. <laughs> Good to be here, dude. So, Tony, mm-hmm. you've had yourself a bit of a little fitness journey over the past several years. Yeah. Uh, it started, I believe, with uh, when you got out of the military. Why don't you... Um, Share us a little bit about your history and let us know exactly how you got onto the little roller coaster you found yourself. Sure. Um, Well, in the Marines, as you know, they keep you in tip top shape. Mm -hmm. When I got out, I when I got out, I didn't have that structure. It made laziness be easy for me for some reason. I don't know. Just I I got out and I was like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to grow my hair out. Was it rebellion? Was it culture shock? It was, it was a bit of both. I, I definitely rebelled a little bit because I, I just, you know, I, I, it was a whole thing of this, this, this strict structure that I didn't, it, it didn't work well for me at the time. It definitely has served me better as I've gotten a little bit older. So you were in the Marines and by nature, you are not somebody of steely eyed discipline, but they right. instilled that in you. Right. The moment you got out of the Marines, the walls broke. Yeah, the walls broke. I didn't have people yelling at me, and I didn't have to be somewhere for a 5.30 a.m. run. And uh, that, that was uh, more freedom than I anticipated. I didn't anticipate the level of the ability to do whatever I wanted and have the attitude of, I can do whatever I wanted just because I had served in the military and now I'm out and I'm going to do nothing for, for a little bit. And uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well for me. It sounds a little like a depression. Probably was. Yeah. Most likely was. Going to the Marine Corps is a culture shock in itself. And then getting out, adjusting to civilian life, which is not something I think any branch of the military does well with its veterans is train them how to adjust to civilian life. Uh, yeah, that, that's another culture shock. Is it the sort of thing where the military simply doesn't consider it? Or is it that the focus is getting you ready to defend the nation? The idea of you having to exist in society just as a civilian just isn't part of their concern. I don't know that if it's not part of their concern, because I don't think they want veteran marine corps veterans showing up on the news as like criminals or something like that so i don't i don't know if it's not that they don't care i just think that there's a lack of knowledge of how to do it that's probably the best way i could describe it Uh, because you're being taught on how to adjust to civilian life by other military members so they themselves are still in 
Yeah, so it's it's definitely not they don't not care. It's it's uh it's more that they don't have the people with the correct knowledge to distill that knowledge. Sure. That or just a lack of awareness of how to do it. It could be I mean, yeah. So you got out of the military. Yeah. When when you got out, it was a culture shock. Was it also a bit of um trying to find yourself again? Oh yeah, I mean when I got out, I was 22 years old. I mean, who isn't still trying to find themselves at 22? Fair point. On top of finding myself, I had to find myself with after serving in the Marine Corps, which is difficult in itself as well. I mean, you just you have these worldviews and you've been to different parts of the of the world whereas other people your age are just graduating college. Um may some of them may have spent a year abroad. But it's a different culture. It's a, it's a different worldview and culture and experience entirely. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like the, the, the thing that's shocking the most is the lack of discipline and the lack of structure, military structure that you're used to in the workforce. Although there is structure in the, in the workforce, it's like that military, the military is rigid. You know, it's like you can't step outside of the lines in any way, shape or form without any repercussions. Did you find yourself in getting out, being 22, having had all of these world experiences, have difficulty relating to people in your peer group, other 22-year-olds, because they had a much more simpler and more less worldly experience? So was it hard to relate? Did it make it difficult making connections? Did it isolate you? Yeah, that's a great question that I've never been asked before. And I wouldn't denigrate their experience either i wouldn't say they have a simpler world experience but you know paying for college and and all that stuff has got to be tough but to answer your question uh yeah i think it did affect my ability to to um to make friends and and even at 22 is when i started going to school and even at 22 you're a little bit older than your average college student so it's still there there, there were different hurdles to hop over that uh that I had to endure. There is a large difference between the age of 18 and the age of 22. Yeah. Certainly far more than the age of 26 to 30. Right, right, right. I mean, there's still a shit ton of immaturity there, but uh, there is a difference. Much like other people have been on the show, when you got out back into society and you hit these levels of dissonance and discomfort mm -hmm. and having difficulty finding your way, you turned to food as a way of self-soothing. Oh, absolutely. I turned to food and I have a bad habit to this day that I picked up in boot camp was, which is shovel all your food in your face in five minutes and then you're done eating without worrying. Like there's no, there's no worry about what's in front of you. Just, okay, there's food in front of me. The mission is to eat it. I'm going to eat it. And that's what I did. Oh, that sounds terrible because not only are you comfort eating, but you're not even you're not no, even, I still do that to this day. I'm just, I shove shovel food in my face, man. It's just it's terrible. I have this uh, pet peeve that I'm I always slow eaters. I I don't like waiting for people to finish their food. But the thing is, I I don't know if it's necessarily that the people are slow eaters or it's this bad boot camp habit that I I've, I've never thought to to try to break. It probably would be helpful if you did, though. I, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. But you know, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know how I. Oh, I have a, I have a suggestion you might want to try. I I don't know if it would be any fun, but yeah, I'll take it. Any suggestion. So right now, as somebody who used to 
drive around doing IT work and eating in the car, and basically you're eating between red lights, you tend to eat really, really fast. If you make yourself a set number of chews you're going to do per bite. Mm. So no matter what, you're going to chew 20 times per bite. Now, I don't know if that's a ridiculous number of chews or not, but it is a number of chews. That's interesting. That's a good, that's a good way to... It'll, for, it'll definitely force you to slow down because the way you shovel in food, you barely chew it as it is. This will certainly help. Mm. And it'll make you a little bit more directly mindful because just like any other long-term habits, I'm sure most of the time you're not thinking like, I got to get it all down. It's just right. what you do. Right. So that's... That's a great tip, Bruce. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to try that for lunch. Cool. We'll figure out where lunch is after the recording. Um, <laughs> Not Del Taco, please. We're going Del Taco. Um, <laughs> or if that's a little too high class, we'll go Wiener Schnitzel. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. <laughs> On the fittest fat kid, you know, what are they doing for lunch? Wiener, Wiener Schnitzel. schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to hell. Anyway, um, how much weight did you gain at the time? Because I imagine coming oh, out balloon. of the Marines, you had like a body fat of a cheetah. I was like, I was 220 and I was lifting a lot of weights. And everyone was telling me that I looked pretty yoked up. But that quickly turned into 250 of sagginess. I got up to like 259 was my heaviest. I've never gotten above 259 in my life. But we're going to Wiener Schnitzel, so we'll make a we'll st- we'll make a stab. Yeah, we'll make we'll yeah we'll 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 uh, we'll attempt to break a record here. But uh, yeah, I I got up to like two fifty five, two fifty nine area from two twenty of of um, I wouldn't say solid rock, but I was I, I I lifted a lot. Okay, so you put on. About, I wasn't shredded. You weren't shredded. Yeah, uh, and then you put on thirty pounds worth of uh, butter store. 20 to almost 40. Yeah. Of eating. And I, I went home. I got, I got out and I went and lived with my mom. So I'm eating mom's cooking. And then the money I saved up, I'm going out drinking and eating out, you know, eating wherever I want to eat. So what was the switch? What made you go like, okay, time to do something about this? Uh, my brother, my brother passing away. I'm sorry. Oh, um, no worries. What happened? Uh, uh, he, he was out of shape. Like he, he was, uh, he was definitely heavy. He had to take blood pressure meds and everything. And I remember my mom always getting on him about not taking his meds. So I'm wondering if, uh, I think it was the high blood pressure that got him. Hmm. So he was on high blood pressure medicine Hmm. and that does require you taking them as they are prescribed. And he didn't do that. Right. Yeah. And after that, I got into breakdancing. 260 pound guy, 259 pound guy, got into break dancing at like 23, 24, and I lost, I slimmed down a lot. Now joining us is B-Boy Tony. <laughs> yeah, the B-Boy journey was unique. It was uh, all cardio, all stretching. I've had different fitness levels in my life. The B-Boy journey was, was fun. I'll say it was fun. It clearly would have shredded you. So you went from, Mm -hmm. you started being a B-boy at nearly 260. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I got to say, I've mentioned that when I was 270 and wanted to get into fitness, I began doing stunt training. So (laughs) finally, somebody who did something as ridiculous and as awesome 
<laughs> but I was in, there was, uh, I mean, by the majority of the B-boys were probably like, who's this fat kid? But I was embraced by my inner circle of B-boy friends, the two or three people that really loved that I was doing it and really, really embraced the culture. Uh, I'd grown up on hip hop. I had done everything what hip hop causes the four elements like uh like DJing, MCing, graffiti and B-boy was the last thing to do. I did it and if it wasn't for that core group of friends that that like oh, held the door open for me and welcomed me, I probably went and stuck it out. And how long were you uh B-boy T? Oh man. I mean, it never really leaves you because sometimes when you hear a good funky beat, you do a little uprock in your room or something, or like you do a little a little uh, soul step when you're in the grocery store and you hear a, a nice James Brown song come on or something. But I think about 29 was probably the last time I was seriously dancing. So that's a good six year run where you were hardcore. Uh... Yeah, it was. It was definitely. Yeah, it was a good run. I mean, in between there, I'd moved out here to LA for two years and I gained some weight out here being on film sets. I gained that film set 15 that you do. Like there's, there's there's free food and then it's all carbs and sugar. Nothing like film set catering to really, (laughs) really, really get your, uh, your blood sugar level high. Right. Yeah. Which we can talk more in depth about later, but, uh, I gained that weight back and then I moved back to Austin for five years and I was about 27 when I came back to Austin or went back to Austin. And uh, I was dancing again, and uh, yeah, and 29 was probably when I, st- I seriously stopped. So just throughout your life, it's been a series of up, down, up, down with your weight. So you know, mm-hmm. for me, a lot of my life, I had like a 30-pound fluctuation that I'd go through. I'd go from basically 30-pound or 40-pound, I guess really 40-pound from 180 to 220, and for most of it, I'm somewhere in that range, which is, sounds like a really large range, but mostly it tended to be, I was at around like 210 or I was around 190, um, but that was the range. So what was your range? It was about 20, 25 pounds. I would always jump about 20, 25 pounds. I think now I had recently during COVID was a big 25, 30 pound gain. And, and uh, that was the biggest I've had in this current fitness journey that I'm on. How did you weather COVID aside from the normal kind of weight gain? I mean, I started off strong. Like I was, all the gyms were closed. So I was walking, uh, I was doing these virtual five K's and, uh, uh, what happens with me is I, I tend to move, you know, from place to place as you do when you live in Los Angeles, you stay at one place for a year and then move to another place. And when I move, that's when problems happen because I'm setting myself back up. I get out of the routine and the excuse, which is a great excuse is I'm making myself, I'm making this new place home. I got to get used to that and start my routine over from there. So when I, when I was doing that, when you do that, it's, you find yourself falling. At least I found myself falling off the routine and I was further away from the gym I wanted to go to. And even though I had a gym membership, it was, it was, the thought was, well, I want to go to this gym, but I'm too far from that gym. So I'll just do a walk today. And then uh, you start taking more and more days in between walks as you're trying to get yourself adjusted to uh, your new life and your new place. So um, I tend to fall off when I move. 
How long does these fall offs usually last? A couple few months. <laughs> Definitely lasts a few months. It's very annoying. I just, I hate doing it and I know it's happening. The last time it happened, I was kind of unaware because I was going on a couple walks a week um, and I was eating relatively healthy, but I was staying at home, working from home most of the time. So there was a, a weight gain that I didn't, I didn't feel was happening because I still felt healthy and uh, my endurance was still there. Like I could still jog a little bit and not get winded or climb up a flight of steps and not feel like I need to sit down or something. So luckily my strength was still there, but the weight gain was, I didn't see it until someone took a photo of me and I was like, Jesus Christ, man. In these cycles, when you decide, okay, I'm back up 20, 30 pounds, time to get focused again. What are the steps you take to get focused? Oh, I dive in. Uh, luckily this time around, uh, you and I both know we, we go to the same gym. Uh, uh, this time around, um, there is a good community there that uh that embraces you and 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 uh, it's like come on back and when you come back that you hit you hit it hard and they don't they don't uh let you do it any other way you know they they're like you're here to train and you're gonna train if you don't want to i mean you can you're welcome to go to any other gym but we're here to work hard and they embrace you and they don't do it they're not strict you know they're not strict about it but you kind of feel like if you're not working out hard at that gym that you're not using it to its full potential. Yeah, since I'm one of the maniacs, it's I never find myself in the situation of even having to have the conversation. But there, there definitely is an undercurrent of being serious. Yeah, it's a serious place. So you, you go there if you really want to work hard and train hard. What do you do for diet? Uh, I have a relatively strict diet. I normally eat. I don't throw any sugar any type of sugar, and that includes like corn syrup or tapioca starch or anything like that in my diet. I try to stay away from uh, white rice, white potatoes. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of salmon, a lot of greens. I eat a lot of oatmeal. I don't drink any caffeine. Every once in a while, I'll have a, a matcha latte, but that jazzes me up too much. Basically, this, this kind of falls in line with, with several people who've come on talked about, which is more of a slower carb style of eating. Mm -hmm. it's, it's low glycemic stuff. Like I don't use maple syrup on pancakes. I'll use like a, a coconut nectar. And my girlfriend, she's a health coach, so it helps a lot. I'll use stuff sweetened with agave, not agave, but a stevia or... Monk fruit. Monk fruit, coconut palm sugar. Uh, I use olive oil or, or coconut oil. I, uh, Do you, and that's what I was going to ask next was, is it, are you going on a lower fat type thing or just more of a higher quality of fat? Higher quality of fat, lots, a lot of peanut butter. Like my, my desserts are usually watermelon chunks or dates with peanut butter or dates with almond butter. That's usually my only dessert. And if I have ice cream, ice cream was my biggest, oof, man, that's what helped me get to those high weight places that I never want to go to again. We all have our thing. Yeah, it was definitely ice cream. And now I eat ice cream that's sweetened with coconut palm sugar, coconut nectar, or agave, uh, a, a, a lower glycemic type of thing. And I don't eat the whole pint, even though those are probably safer to eat the whole pint than regular ice cream. Very little to no dairy. I very rarely drink. 
alcohol. I I try to drink. I I need to be better about it, but I I there's a lot more water drinking water in my diet than there was in the past. Try to keep up with my vitamins. And I have a protein powder in case I don't get the protein that I need from whatever I'm having that day. So you've got your eating methodology down. Yeah. Your breaks in the past were built either towards a disruption of your routine or depression, but mostly mm. disruption of your routine. Yeah. I mean, there was some serious depression in there. Yeah, there, was, there was definitely some depression in there. Do you still find yourself dealing with the ramifications of having once been military? Yeah, but uh, the thing is, is, there's this mind shift you have to do just to be alive, you know, like uh, you have to adjust from in the Marine Corps, we call it adapting and overcoming. So you, you really have to adapt to your environment. I mean, that's, that's nature. You have to adapt to where you're at or, or it will not bode well for you. But yeah, I do still deal with the ramifications, but I try to, I try to steer that into the discipline of exercise and diet. By that, I mean, like when something, when I feel like that, that, that military mindset come in and it's, and then I want to judge the world because they weren't there, man. Uh, then, uh, then I try to steer it into a direction of focus on positive things for my body and for my mind. I've gotten into yoga, actually, believe it or not. Yoga can be a very good thing. It's very, um, well, it's, it's what's unique is you start to realize how important when you're coming along in your fitness journey, you start to realize just how important things like flexibility and hydration and movement are like in, in your exercises. And you don't always want to just do a static, a static weight routine. You sometimes you gotta, you gotta let the body do what it's made to do and that's move around. And I think biologically we're still those nomadic creatures that are, are used to hunting for our food and not eating every so often. But uh, because it's so prevalent that we, we kind of just get lazy and, and that's probably a poor way to phrase it. I think what you're building towards there is the fact that it is not biologically usual for us to have humongous warehouses of readily available right. pre-broken down, basically partially digested food available to us 24-7 however we want it, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why there is an obesity epidemic. And absolutely part of the reason even when it's not people who aren't obese, they tend to still be what's called fin fat. Their, mm -hmm. their body chemistry, how like what's going on in their systems is not necessarily healthy. And that's because tons and tons of pre-processed food, the majority of which tends to be carbohydrates mixed with a lot of fat, which is really the worst blend you can have just available 24 seven in mass quantities. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go out to get it. And it doesn't really matter whether we're bi biologically adapted into truly processing it in a healthy way. Absolutely. And I think the obesity, the obesity on top of that, on top of uh, us ignoring uh, what, we, what we are used to biologically or through evolution, whatever you want to call it, is, leads to a bunch of overweight, depressed people ignoring instincts that nature put into us, spent, spent millions of years putting into us. That's why 
shop on the perimeters. Don't don't go into the aisles. Don't buy boxed food. The benefits of dating a health coach is uh, she taught me how to read labels and taught me what is what are the things they put in there that doesn't necessarily say sugar or raw sugar, but are sugar. But it's sugar. It'll it'll turn into sugar immediately into your body, and and you'll you'll it'll spike your blood sugar or your blood sugar, and uh, you'll crash, and then your body will be out of whack. So aside from diet. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that early getting out of the Marines, you got yourself jacked up, not necessarily shredded because first you were putting on the muscle. And then Mm -hmm. after you put on the muscle, you put on the fat just to make sure that the muscle was all nice and warm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it gets cold in the winter. Does, does. So you need to pack on the weight in the spring, summer and fall. (laughs) And you did mention you were doing yoga. Well, really, what was your, what was your routine? What? When you work out, how do you like to work out? What is, what is I, your jam? I have a very focused workout, whether it's in the weight room or even if I'm just going for a walk. It's very, very focused. It's hard for me to bring people along with me just because the level of focus needed, they'll feel neglected if they're not up to that level of focus. You know, like If you're walking with somebody and they like to stop and look at pretty houses, I I can't uh, I can't walk with you if you keep stopping to look at the scenery um, because I need to keep my heart rate up or something. But I'll do things like offer, uh, hey, if you go on this walk with me, you've got to you've got to go on this walk with me. And if you want to look at the scenery, I'll go on a second walk with you later where it's more slow or 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 we're, the we're casual and more like, casual. We're walk. hanging out. Right, exactly. But when it's a workout, it's it's an extreme focus. Uh, I talk to myself a lot. I try to be my own hype person just because not many people know the level of focus that you need to, that I feel I need to be at just to be able to get a good workout in. I don't know if it's de- detrimental mentally, but it helps me in the physicality of it all. Well, when we worked out, one of the things, because uh, we worked out a few times mm-hmm. at, at Eric's place at this gym, did some boxing workouts. You're one of the few people I've managed to punch in the face. <laughs> um, I'm glad. I'm, I, I'm glad, too. Uh, am I one of the few or am I the only one? No, no. I, I've popped Scott a couple times. Oh, okay. um, so I, um, I'm happy. Of course, it's not exactly as if I did, created some feat. You guys just got a little bit a little bit more relaxed than you should have at that moment. <laughs> and it's not like you guys were throwing at me because if you did, then there would have been no popping in the face. There would have been me on the ground <laughs> going, where's my mom? That, that's another thing I didn't mention. I was a boxer. I boxed for a little bit too. I was part of my journey. I had a couple fights. In the ring as opposed to in the supermarket where he's had his other fights. Right. In the ring. Not, not, not in a parking lot trying to get toilet paper at the beginning of a, an impending pandemic. But going back to, you would talk to yourself and occasionally I'd get a little bit concerned because, <laughs> because it would be like very, it'd be kind of like this, this negative mindset, which I, I'm not, I'm very much, it didn't, it didn't seem to be the, the way I'd, I would want you to talk. Right. It would, it would not be the way I would want you to talk about yourself. <laughs> I have to hype myself up. You know, it's, it, may, it might be the Marine Corps. It's like come on, you fucking bitch, do this, you little whiny bitch. Or it's like something like, you fucking, 
dumbass. Get it done, dude. Right. And I didn't and as somebody who didn't have that background, I didn't see it that way. Just mm-hmm. did you you're talking nasty to yourself. And it's sort of like that's not the way to do that. I didn't I didn't connect it until this moment you stating it clearly that okay, this is this is more of a reflection of your basic training as opposed to this kind of negative feelings you have toward yourself because you do have negative feelings towards yourself and sometimes mm-hmm. it has been absolutely yeah no absolutely i think hearing you say that now maybe i've maybe it, there's this thing in my head that i have to be my own drill instructor in order to get my fitness done you know i never connected that but maybe that's maybe that's what i'm doing is i'm just being my own di yelling in my ear and uh, telling me get through it you maggot you know something interesting because that's how the marines build you up they break you all the way down and they build you up through that type of i don't know how it is now but that is how they built me up was how they built us up back then was an extreme stress fueled yell fest physical uh demeaning uh exposure to what being a marine is yeah, and again, because I didn't have that that background, it's very much and and knowing, and having had known of some of the issues you had, it just sounded like a reflection of those issues, of that kind of feeling of self loathing. There is self loathing there, and, and I am really, as I think a lot of people are, I am really, really hard on myself, uh, and I'm probably unjustly hard on myself, unfairly hard. When it comes to fitness, that's how I need to get through it. Telling myself, I mean, because at the end of a workout, it feels fucking great, but during it, it fucking sucks. Like you're, why are you lifting heavy things? Or, you're only going to put it back down. You're only going to put it back down. Why are you getting your heart rate going fast uphill when you could be sitting down watching Disney Plus? You know. But uh, I think it's it's a way it's, it's a way to psych myself out of getting through it. Another thing I do is I wear headphones when I work out, but I don't listen to music. I don't know what that is. I don't know why I do that. Are you not listening to anything? You're just no, I'm not listening ears. to anything. It's they're just in. Huh. Interesting. No podcast. No music. No uh, old radio commercials. Nothing. Just because at the gym. Certainly at Eric's, I, I, there's always music in the background and it's, it's, it can be amusing because occasionally it's yacht rock and, and you've not worked out hard unless you're, you're really, really trying to break your bench press record to Christopher Cross's sailing. Let me, just, let me tell you this. You do not know what working out is. You don't not, you don't know intensity until you're working out to sailing. Yep. <laughs> or air supply. It just, <laughs> just it's insane. It's, it's, I, it's that yeah. or it's EDM and neither of which fit me. So no, there's no in between. You're right. It's, it's either like seventies yacht rock or EDM. There's no like in between. And it's always what the, whatever their client, their, whatever their high paying client wants to listen to or something. Whoever's in the gym that day. I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer to have no music on at all and, and turn the heat up. My mental breakdown moment with a song came when um, the owner of the facility where the gym is located was working out and he has, he likes to put on these like epic sounding Game of Thrones soundtrack <laughs> music on the radio. It was on the eighties and they were playing Phil Collins, like in the air of the night. Mm-hmm. And so the song was going, the song was going. 
And there's that epic part where the drum fill comes in. So it's it's on the cusp of that moment. That moment is when he puts on his music. And I literally started screaming because I was so prepped for that drum fill. And to be denied it was soul crushing. Yeah, it's just definitely interesting musical choices at, at the gym. But I mean, there's interesting musical choices at any gym. It's just, I don't know. I've, I personally feel music during working out is, is lame. Now, don't, that's how I feel to myself. I don't think other people listening to music is lame while they're working out. I just think for myself. Well, what's it's a um, lame thing to do? Right. But for you, like, it, it's what works for you. Right. I listen to, I tend to either listen to metal, but like not metal past thrash, certainly not math metal, or I'll listen to at this point now, because of Eric's gym, I'll listen to the eighties. That'll, that'll get me through the workout. <laughs> it kind of puts you, it, it kind of puts you there. Yeah. It just puts me there now. Definitely not. Well, I was not a dance music person to begin with, mm-hmm. but after a while I tend to find that sometimes if the beat's going far too fast to be somewhat distracting because it will disrupt my rhythm yeah. and I can't get that flow going. But you know, the whole thing about this is to eat your own and, and as much as with the diets, you've got to figure out what works for you and with lifting, definitely music is, is by far an individual thing. Yeah. I couldn't be in a spin class. The music would not work for me. <laughs> and also the, the music, music the and someone's like, come on, do it. You can do it. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a neurotic lifter. You know, I don't know. I would, I would think definitely considering you're neurotic and everything else, why not lifting as well? <laughs> Bruce, you know, I had a thought about diet. Uh, it reminded me of this great C.T. Fletcher quote or clip that I saw. And it was like, everyone's bitches about diet and how it tastes bad and uh, how it doesn't, it's not like eating pizza or anything like that or burgers, but it's, you know, it's why people fall off the diets. It's because of how horrible the taste would be. And C.T. Fletcher was saying that uh, you don't diet for taste motherfucker it's like you diet for the gains in the gym and that's that's uh, it was it was a very motivating thing to see and that's one of the things that helps me get through it is like that, that i'm not doing it because i want to have a four course michelin star meal i'm doing it because i want to see progress in uh in other areas it's trying to use focus to be, okay, I really would love to have a pizza. Thankfully, we're on the West Coast and I don't, but I would love to have a pizza. But what I would really like to have are chest muscles. So yeah. pizza, chest muscles. Absolutely. Focus on the chest muscles. Absolutely. And another thing that's happened to me on Instagram, there are so many like food accounts. And some of these photos now of, of regular food is just so incredibly unattractive to me like these giant burritos with meat and sauce just oozing out of it or like pasta plates that are just i don't know it it doesn't look appealing to me at all anymore i look at that type of food and i'm just like man that's just that is disgusting that food just does not look appealing to me burgers with the grease oozing out of it just doesn't look good to me 
And on Instagram, these things are taken up to 11. So it's not just like, mm-hmm. this is a bowl of pasta or this is a burger you would eat. It's some ridiculous concoction that has been, had everything cranked up to the nth degree mm-hmm. and then camera filters that make it ultra realistic mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to just normal. Right. So I can see how that can help reframe everything to be like, this looks disgusting. I don't think I can touch this. It just doesn't appeal to me. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if that extreme focus has finally done its job and I'm a, I'm a lamer when it comes to food now, but. Uh, I, I, I wish it would happen for me. <laughs> wish it would happen for me. Again, it's also, you, you date a health coach and she cooks incredible food. That's, that's both tastes great and healthy. And then you pick up some of those skills and you start cooking for yourself and yeah, it's works wonders. So do you have any particular advice or thoughts to give somebody who is just starting off on their fitness journey? They've gained their pandemic weight and they want to get back in. Not quite sure. What would you tell them? Uh, the thing I would tell them that is to trust the process and the process is not going to take two weeks. It's going to take six months or longer. If you're really in tune, you'll notice the slight changes, the incredibly slight changes three to four weeks in, and that'll help motivate you to stay on track. But it it would be my best piece of advice would be to trust the process, stay at your level and progress from there. Don't go in with an ego and say, I need need to lift what I lifted in high school or something like that, because you're just not going to do it unless you're already there. And if you don't do it, it's going to demotivate you and you're going to, you're going to quit. I would say habits, make it a habit. You're going to hate it for a while, but eventually you're, you'll find yourself going through a day where you missed a workout. You hate that you missed a workout. Like your body is telling you that you need to do something. So you end up going for a walk or you end up just making up for it by eating a healthier dinner and hydrate and eat right hydrate and hydrate some more and uh if you don't have that laser focus in the gym just just try to make it a habit just uh practice it because practice makes perfect cool so tony where can people find you when they're not finding you here you can find me on the socials i'm uh at lugotron l-u-g-o-t-r-o-n on twitter i'm at underscore Lugotron on Instagram. Lugotron.com is my website. Uh, you can watch my films. You can watch clips of my films. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And as for me, I am the fittest fat kid you know. And again, you're listening to me right now. You can find me on the socials at fittest fat kid on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook page as well, fittest fat kid. If you've got a question, concern, if you have a dietary issue that you need to get advice on, but you don't know who to ask, you can ask me. And you can ask me at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. At some point, there will be a website. I'm guessing when this comes out, there probably still won't be. But when it is there, when it does finally exist, when it ceases to be a myth, it will be at www.fittestfatkid.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a like, leave a comment, or whatever you can do on the platform you're listening it on. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, hold yourself accountable 
but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll talk to you next week.